Praise God. Praise God. First off, I just wanted to just thank our God for his presence, just for being here. just want to thank the worship team. That was amazing. You guys did wonderful. Thank you all. For everyone who online, thank you for joining us today and everyone who is here in person. So today is part two of a three-part series on the heart. Last week was abomination of the heart, and this week is the altar, the heart, the altar of worship. And so before we start, I'd just like to open in prayer. Look at our Heavenly Father, we thank you, we honor you, we give you glory. I just pray that no one looks at me, but they all look to you. Look to you for their deliverance. Look to you for their answer. Look to you for their help, my God. I just pray that anyone who's walked through these doors with any type of heaviness that as they walk out of here, they, they, they will feel new. They will feel lighter because you have removed it. Anyone who's walked in here with any spiritual chains that the enemy has put on them, that you break because you're the one who has set us free. We thank you for all that you've done, all that you're doing, and all that you will do. Help us to see ourselves in you. Not outside of you, but in you. We thank you in the name and the authority of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Today's scripture is going to find us in Exodus chapter 20, verses 2 and 3. Exodus chapter 20, verses 2 and 3. And it reads, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought you out of the land of Egypt and out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. Amen. Amen. So again, the title of today's message is The Heart, the Altar of Worship. And so to get everyone to understand where I'm going with this, there's a few things that I would have to get you to to know. Like, for instance, what an altar is. So an altar in the biblical context is a structure built to present offerings and sacrifices to a deity or a god. So that's an altar. And you could say that All sacrifices are offerings, but not all offerings are sacrifices. So there's instances in the Bible where there's a grain offering, which is not a sacrifice. It's actually presented after the burnt offering. And so we use the, I just brought up the word sacrifice. And so I want us to get to understand what a sacrifice is. So going back to a dictionary term, um, Sacrifice is the surrender or destruction of something prized or valued. 
a surrender, the surrender or destruction of something prized or valued for something else that is considered of having a higher importance. Remember that definition. And so it's just the idea of taking something that we really love, something that we, we have high regards for, something that we really value, but yet we sacrifice it, we allow it to be destroyed for something of more importance. And so in Hebrew, the word sacrifice is zebak, and the word altar is misbiak, and the word slaughter is zavach, and which, which in, in the word slaughter, that's what Zavok. And so in scripture, they all tie together. So it says the sacrifices is to be slaughtered and placed on the offer or on the altar to be burned. So sorry, I just want to give you all the information so you will follow me as I'm going through the message. So now we have an offering. So the offering is Olah which means to go up and ascend. So it's like a smoke. So when they burn the offering and the smoke goes up, that's an ola. It's the action of what is happening. And so you will see times where there are sacrifices in the Bible. And God will say that is it, or the Bible will say it is a sweet savor unto God. So it is when they burn something on the altar and it goes up, the smoke goes up, it arises, it, it's, it's ascending. And God will say it's a sweet savor, meaning that he has accepted that sacrifice. He has accepted that offering. And so, tying everything together, we, we, we have the, the altar, we have the sacrifice and now let's get into worship. Again, the, the, the title is The Heart, The Altar of Worship. So let's talk about worship. Now, if you ask a lot of people, what is worship? What is worship? People know how to worship. We know how to worship. But to actually understand what is worship, a lot of us can't answer that. Well, the actual word for worship in Hebrew is pronounced shakal. And it means to bow down, to get low, to prostrate before a god or a deity. And in the evangelical dictionary, it means worship is the worthiness of an individual to receive special honor in accordance with that worth. So worship is giving special honor to an individual. And the amount of honor that you give that individual is based on who they are. And what they have done. And it's not so much that you, you worship this individual based off their actions. But their actions give you an understanding of the type of person that they are. So to truly worship God comes through a relationship with God. 
And relationship with God comes through spending time on your knees in prayer, spending time in the presence of God, spending time doing the things that the Bible says, such as fasting, spending time studying his word, not just reading it, not just skimming over it, but finding out what God was saying to the people at that time and how it relates to us today. But the only way you can do that is to be in the presence of God. You have to seek the face of God. And that's how you truly worship God because you now are learning who he is. And then you're also paying attention to the many miracles, the the blessings that God has done in, in your life. So we worship him because of who he is and the things that he does gives us an understanding. The simple fact that we're here today shows that he is a loving God. Because many of us should be dead in our graves. The simple fact that, that, that we, we are healed and able to walk shows that he's a God that there is nothing impossible for. The simple fact that we can call upon his name shows that he is a God that is a conqueror and he's defeated the enemy on our behalf. So we have to know who he is in order to truly, truly worship him. And so now going to the book of Leviticus which is the book where God gives his instructions on how to present offerings and sacrifices to him. Because we have to remember, God is a holy God, and we can't just bring anything to him. But our God deserves the best. He deserves the best of what we have to offer. He deserves all of us. So in the Old Testament, when, when, when a, a sacrifice is, or when an animal is brought for to sacrifice, God required the best. He, he wanted the, the animals to have no spots, no wrinkles, no blemishes. And when they were burning these sacrifices, God didn't want them to use just any fire. You can't just use any fire. And God knew this. So God knew that we don't have the ability to offer God our holy God, our omnipotent God, our loving God, we do not have the ability on our own to offer him the offering that he deserves. We can't provide it for our own, on our own. So God provided in the Old Testament, he is the one who provided the fire for them to use. And the fire that God provided was commanded by God to never go out. And so in Leviticus chapter 9, verse 24, it states that fire came from heaven, or fire came from before the Lord and consumed the burnt offering and the pieces of fat on the altar. And when all the people saw it, they shouted and they fell on their face. They, they saw the magnificence 
of God. They saw his power and and they understood. They fell on their face and they started to worship him. Remember, the definition of worship means to bow down, to get low, to prostrate oneself. And so they understood that by God providing the fire, because we can't provide our own fire, and then on top of that, God consumed the offering that they knew should have been them. They understood that now God is a merciful God because I should have been consumed. Because of his actions, they they gain an understanding of who he was. And so interestingly enough, though everyone saw what God had done, there were still two young men who were sons of Aaron, the high priest. You're always going to have those individuals that, that, that think they know better. And so their names were Nadab and Abihu, and they were, they were priests themselves. But they weren't the high priest. Their father, Aaron, he was the high priest. He was the one who went into the tent. He was the one who went into the holies of holies to offer an offering for himself first and then for the rest of the people. Now, one day, the sons of Aaron, they, they were described as bringing a strange fire. A strange fire to God. This could have just been some ordinary fire. Or just some, it's, it's just a fire that was not authorized by God for sacrifice. Because remember, again, we do not have the ability to give God the offering that he deserved, the worship that he deserved. So he provided the fire. But these two guys decided just to bring what the Bible again described as strange fire instead of what God said he should, we should use, they brought strange fire and they offered it to God. And the Bible says that God became angry and he killed them and they were consumed by fire. Now, we also have to understand the type of sacrifice that we bring. See, the type of of sacrifice that we bring, the type of worship that we bring to God shows the importance of God in our life. See, if we bring just any type of worship to God, if if we worship God in song, but our mind is, is thinking about the the hockey game or we're thinking about the laundry or we're thinking about what just happened today. If we come to God and and, and just don't give him our best, that shows the importance of God in our life. That we've now placed other things over him. Our mind is elsewhere. But God wants our best. Just as he wanted the animals without spot or wrinkles or blemishes, he wanted the best. He's saying he wants the best from each and every one of us. And so we need to learn. I tell people this all the time. We need to learn how to be Christians. That's what discipleship is about. We need to learn how to offer 
proper sacrifice to God. We, we need to learn how to surrender ourselves and give our all to him because we live in a world that is calling our attention in every single direction. It's hard for us to focus on one thing. It's hard for us to tarry in the presence of God. It's hard for us just to sit and hear the voice of God. But God said, I want all of you because I'm giving you all of me. So we have to learn how to put everything else aside and trust that if there's a problem in our life that God is going to handle it. We just have to give him us. I tell people this, my acronym for joy, J-O-Y, is just offer yourself. You want true joy, just offer offer yourself. Stop holding on to the baggage. Stop holding on to the hurt. Stop holding on to what someone else said. God can take care of all of that. God can heal your hurt. God God can take your past and use it to speak into somebody else's life. God can change everything. He just wants you. But sometimes we're we're holding on to this person saying, God, I just want to bring this person along. Or we're holding on to this hurt and saying, God, I don't think I should forgive them. We're holding on to so many things. But he just wants you. And when we let things go and allow God to work in our lives, then we will have true joy because now the enemy does not have anything to take from us. Think about it this way. The Bible says that our our, our heart should be where our treasure is. And God said that, uh, the Bible said that um, our treasure shouldn't be on anything on this earth that can be stolen, that can rust, that moths can get to and eaten, but it should be on the things of the, in heaven. So if, we're, if our things, if our heart, if our treasure is on the things of this earth, it can be taken from us. The enemy can give us things cause us to fall in love with it and rip it from us, which will cause pain. And what happens? We blame God. God, why did you take this from me? God, you're the one who brought this person into my life and then you removed them. God, what about this job? God, what about this house? He was like, no, let everything go. I will provide. Have your heart in heaven with me. Just offer yourself and I will take care of everything else. That was a side note. I'll charge you guys for that later. And so, the Bible says that we must worship him in spirit and in truth. We worship him in spirit and in truth because of our fallen state. Because our fallen state of man, because of our sinful nature, because of our depraved heart, we can't truly worship God. So God provides the means to worship him. Just as God provided the Jews with fire to properly sacrifice things to him, God has provided the means to truly worship him, and that's through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit dwells inside of all believers. So we worship him through the Holy Spirit and through his word, the spirit and in truth. Watch this, because Jesus said in John 14, 6, that he is the way, the truth, and the life. So Jesus is the truth. 
But in John 1, 1, it also says that in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. And then John 1, 14, it says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory as the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. So therefore, Jesus being the word is also the truth. So to truly worship God, to truly worship God in spirit and in truth, we have to worship him in his word because he is the word. We have to worship him in him. We have to know who he is and we have to worship him with the Holy Spirit. Now, our heart, what is our heart come into all this worship and sacrifice. We have to understand that our heart is the altar of worship. Our heart, where our heart is where the altar is set up. Our heart is where we make our sacrifices. Our heart is where we make either sacrifices to righteousness or sacrifices to unrighteousness. Our heart, see, 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 do we have to ask ourselves, do we have the Holy Spirit? Or are we allowing the Holy Spirit, I should say? Are we allowing the Holy Spirit, which is the fire, to dwell at the altar of our heart? See, just as God provided the fire, the Holy Spirit is like the fire. So God provided. Remember, we can't honor God. We can't worship God. So God provided the Holy Spirit, and it is the fire that goes on the altar of our heart. But what are we putting on that altar? Are we putting altar of sin? Are we putting on that altar uh, a sacrifice of doubt? Are we putting on that altar a sacrifice of shame? What are we putting on the altar? of our heart because our heart is set up to worship a deity. The question is, which deity are we sacrificing to? See, the Bible says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So out of our heart is our prayers. Out of our heart is our praise. Out of our heart is our worship. But what sacrifices are we putting there? Who are we praying to? Are we, are we spending more time in the world? And we're offering up sacrifices to the things of the world? Or are we in our word and offering sacrifices of love? Are we offering sacrifice of, of patience? Or are we offering the sacrifice that the things that God have wants, us, wants to come out of us, the things that the Holy Spirit keeps reminding us to do? Trying to get us to walk the path that Christ has established for us. Your heart is the altar of your worship to God. 
You have to know the sacrifice, the offering that you're putting on your altar to give God the proper worship that he deserves. You, you understand that, that, that the, um, the altar was around the temple. It was in the temple. The Bible says that we are the temple of the most high God. So our heart is the altar. So we have to we have to understand that whatever is in our heart will become the object of worship. Whatever is in our heart will be what we worship too. In today's scripture, the Bible said that the Lord our God he, he, he is our God, and it was he who brought us out of the land of Egypt. It was he who brought us out of our captivity. It was he who broke the bondage of sin and death that was dragging us to hell. Therefore, we should have no other gods before him, but yet, some of us do. I like to put myself out there. I'm not going to say I have it perfect. I don't. I don't. There are times that I know I should be worshiping God. But yet my mind is somewhere else. That there are times to where God is telling me, you need to let this go and allow me to handle it. And I'm just holding on to it. I'm like, no, God, I just want to hold on to this a little longer. I want to be angry at this person a little longer because they don't deserve my forgiveness. They don't deserve. And God is trying to let me know. Just, it's, it's not just for you forgiving them. It is just for you to let it go. For you to be obedient. But just like when, when God, uh, the fire came out before him and it consumed the sacrifice that was on the altar and everybody fell and they worshiped him because they saw how powerful he was. They saw how merciful he was. Even now, God is showing that same love, that same power and that same mercy. Because his consuming fire did fall on me, but it didn't consume me. It removed the sacrifice from my heart that shouldn't be there. And he allowed me, he gave me the time, he gave me, he gave me the grace to start learning who he is through what he has done. But we have to be honest with ourselves. Like last week's message, the abomination of our hearts. There, there are certain things in our hearts that only God can see. And as much as we try to mask it, we can't hide anything from God because he looks at our heart. So we just have to learn to give things to him. And allow him to change us from the inside out. 
Because he can see our heart. He can see the altar. He can see the strange fire. He can, he can smell the smoke that rises from the abomination from our heart and is not a sweet savor to him. He's saying in order for us to come back to him, we have to remove that old sacrifice. We have to present a proper sacrifice. We have to present a sacrifice of obedience to his word, a sacrifice of love. We have to be a living sacrifice, a sacrifice of righteousness, a sacrifice to praise him and him alone, a sacrifice to put everything aside and just come to the feet, come to his altar and just give him all that we are. We have to learn how to surrender to God. I don't know if you guys understand the importance of surrendering to God because when you don't, the enemy still has access to your life. And he will use every single foothold to get in and wreck havoc. But if you surrender everything to God, God wants our heart to be right with him. So the sacrifice we put on the altar of our heart will be a sweet, sweet savor to him. And I'm closing. Definitely have to, I thank God for his mercy. I thank God for his mercy on my life every day because I know I make mistakes. But we, as a church body, as, as, as the body of Christ outside of these four walls, it is imperative for us to first give ourselves to him so he can use us for those outside of the body of Christ. It's not about us. It's never about us. It's all about our Father who sacrificed his son. Remember, I said the definition of sacrifice is to take something that you truly love and let it be destroyed for something else that you feel is of higher importance. Look at it. The only begotten Son of God became the sacrifice for sinful humanity because God saw importance in every single one of us. God saw something he valued in every single one of us. We live in a world that tries to tell us who we are, tries to, tries to uh, degrade us, tries to tell us we're not worth it. But if God, the all-powerful God, sacrificed Jesus on the cross for you and I, that shows that there is something worth in every single one of us. And don't you let the world, don't you let the enemy or anyone tell you anything otherwise. Yes, we make mistakes, but the grace of God... He wants our hearts. He wants our hearts. 
He wants you to give him your heart. And as I'm closing, we can all stand. But I want to ask you, if there is anything that came to your mind through this service, is there anything that God has put on your heart through worship that you need to let go, that you need to surrender to God, I encourage you to come to the altar and just give it to him, to trust him. And I promise you, he will never fail you. You may not see it the way he sees it, but I promise you, he will never fail you. there's one, the altar is open. Let us just give ourselves to God. I'm closing in prayer. Lord God, our Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for loving us even when we didn't love you. We thank you for saving us even though we loved our sin. We thank you for being our light when we enjoyed the darkness. We thank you for the Holy Spirit that has given us the right fire to offer true sacrifice and worship unto you. We don't deserve any of this but you saw worth and value in each and every one of us. Help us to put on the right sacrifice on the altar of our heart. We thank you for all that you've done, all that you're doing and all that you will do. We pray in the name and in the authority of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ.